0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times, and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au.
1: Okay, today we start a new series. Um, this is um, this is going to be an interesting series. It's a different. Uh, type of series. Um, this is exploratory teaching in the book of Mark. It's called Paradox, where we're going to study um, the life of Jesus, what he taught and, and who he is. Um, this is, this is going to be deep. This is, we're getting into the meat. Uh, this is going to challenge me. I'm a simple guy, right? I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. and uh, I, I, But I believe this is a word, a series for six weeks that we're going to go on a journey together, really digging in uh, verse by verse in the book of Mark. And I, I believe it's really going to, to challenge us. Now, when you choose a movie, um, you know, you probably go to the categories, uh, action and adventure. Come on. Action and adventure. Who who's searching action and adventure? Praise the Lord, glory to God. Who's who's more of the drama romance? You know, a little kissy kissy, little drama. Have we got any, any comedy? Anybody just needs to have a laugh? Got some comedy? Thriller? Any any scary people out there? You want to be some thrillers out there? Okay, this series is more documentary. It's a doco. It's deep. Uh, it's a little serious. Um, but I believe rather than and just entertain you, this series will change you. And, and that's what we're about as a church, is being changed uh, by the power of, of Jesus Christ. So here's the lineup we have for the next six weeks. Today, I get to uh, lead off with the dance. Yeah, there's some dancing. No, no, it's not. It's a spiritual dance. Uh, it's called the Trinity. Uh, we'll, we'll unpack that a little later. Uh, week two, we have Pastor Prashan with the calling, Pastor Anna the power, uh, Pastor Miles the, the turn. I'll be back again uh, on week four. Pastor Gray in the trap, and Pastor Ben the ransom. We have some wonderful um, teachers of God's word in our church. And they have studied uh, years, actually. And so um, great to put them to work and to share uh, God's Word. But I also have another preacher I want to introduce today. Maybe the most important preacher in your life. This preacher uh, will speak to you louder than any other voice. Do you know who it is? It's yourself. You preach to yourself. The, the words you say, the things you think, you preach to yourself. So every preacher needs the Bible. Are we right? So everybody this morning gets the book of Mark. If the team could hang out, hand out those Bibles, everybody's going to get a book of Mark. And the goal is you'll take this book with you. Uh, To work, to home, you'll read it over the next uh, six weeks as we study. And there's also some areas there that you can write some notes. So just hand those books out if you could, please. And uh, you are going to use this book to study, uh, to read, uh, to take notes. And it's our honor to give you this gift, the Word of God. Is that exciting? Come on, I love giving out the Word of God. It's old school, we're going hard paper. We're going physical, uh, you know, pages uh, that we're going to have in our hands. Some of you brought your your Bible today. Um, We're going old school. We're going to bring our Bible to church every week. Uh, Also, we're going to have some classes on Monday nights to teach you how to study the Word of God. And I think these are going to be really effective in I- increasing our literacy of God's word. And so on the 28th of February and the 7th of March, we're having two Monday nights uh, teaching on how to study God's word. So we'll, we'll have Pastor Ben and Pastor Graham uh, leading us through how do we read a commentary? You know, how do we study God's word? How does all of that work? So we're really going to focus in this series on studying and learning the Word of God. Are we good? Okay, Mark. Mark is a book that the first eight chapters talks about the identity of Jesus, who is he? And the second eight chapters talks about the purpose, what has he done? So John Mark was a Christian scribe. He wrote this book as an eyewitness account of Jesus. He was basically the secretary for Peter, one of the the first disciples. And there's relatively little teaching in the book of Mark, of of Jesus' teaching, uh, but there's a lot of eyewitness testimony of his doing. So let's jump in. Mark 1 verse 1. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophets Isaiah had written. Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he'll prepare your way. Uh, Here's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This message uh, was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized and they should have repented of their sins and turn to God to be forgiven. In the very first verse of the book of Mark, and you can read it along with, us with your own Bible, Mark says this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. In the very first verse of the first chapter, Mark cuts straight to the chase. He, he, he goes straight to the heart. He, he goes straight to the point that Jesus is God. Straight up, Jesus is God. Let, let's just get that established. Let's just get that clear. Then he quotes Isaiah to show that Jesus is the fulfillment of this ancient religion of Israel. And he's the one who will rule and renew the entire universe. So Mark is not big on small talk. Now, notice how in life we do a lot of small talk, don't we? And, and COVID's the funniest like you know how you doing well you know I had this sore throat and had a cough and wasn't sure so I got a PCR test came back negative so then I had to get a rat test and that came back positive but I'd already isolated three and and you're like just get to the point did you have it or not you know you just these big long stories of just you're just listening okay uh-huh I lost my taste and got my taste man it's just like just get to the point you know I'm just get to the point type of guy did you get COVID or not get COVID are you okay you're not okay how do we pray and so Mark he just goes straight to the the point Mark's not on big on small talk he's not talking about the weather you know he, he's not talking about sports he's he's talking about Jesus as God if he was here today he'd say something like if you die where are you going to end up he would just cut straight or he would as a pastor used to say to me my pastor years ago Ashley Shmira how you doing son hey yeah, I'm doing fine no, how you really doing and I think he can look right through me. And he just saw me that I slipped into the prayer meeting. I didn't read the scripture. And, you know, I was flirting with a girl. And he's just reading my mail. And just straight to the point, Mark cuts right to the to, to the heart of it. And sometimes that's refreshing. That we need to talk and think and dwell on things that matter. It's eternity. It's God's word. And so Mark continues on verse 9. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth the Galilee. And John the... John baptized him in the Jordan River. Bonnie and I, we went through the Jesus track and we went to the Jordan River. And it was very emotional to see this is the place that Jesus um, was baptized. As he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and a voice of heaven said, You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. The next thing we see in Mark is Jesus is baptized. Now, imagine um, John baptizing the Messiah, <laughs> baptizing God, <laughs> the pressure. I get nervous when I just baptize you guys. Uh, We're having baptism on Easter Sunday. What a day to be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, man, that is your day, uh, Easter Sunday. And so I always get nervous if I hold them down for too long, they might pass out. If I don't hold them down enough, it won't work. You know, if they're really bad, should I just keep them down? So, you know, wash them a bit more, get a chamois. You know, I I think these things. And then once I was baptized, I was worried. So I went down and up really quick. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have lawsuits whiplash in the neck and then this one time I don't think I fully immersed you know they went down but there was a little bit of dry area you know on there did that work did I have to redo it you know can the Holy Spirit stand and the pressures right of being a pastor and doing all this but imagine John he baptizes Jesus and this is just the beginning of his ministry and it's interesting what happens when the world was created there were three parties present. If you go to Genesis, we don't have time today, but you can study Genesis. There was God, there was God's spirit that hovered over the earth. There was God's word, God, God's spirit and his word. And here we are, when Jesus is baptized, we see the same three parties present. Present. There's the Father who spoke. This is my Son. I'm well pleased. There is the Son who is Jesus, the Word. Then there is the Spirit that descended like a dove. This is the Trinity. One God, three persons. Now, when I talk about the Trinity, honestly, it's still hard for me to fathom. 38 years I've been following Christ and it's just hard. How can there be one but three? and and it's not like they're 33.3% each it's it's they they the, the, they're all God yet they're all one and 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 i've often struggled in my faith what if i pray to the wrong one you know <laughs> what if I pray to the Holy Spirit when I should be praying to the Son? What, what if I, all my prayers are kind of cancelled out because I just started praying uh, to the one entity uh, whereas I should have been praying to the other one. You know, if, if I am mess up and I need some forgiveness, you know, I kind of go to the Holy Spirit because I feel He's a little bit softer. But, you know, when, when I need some breakthroughs and some power, then I go to the Father or, you know, need some healing, then I go to Jesus. And so Sometimes in our minds, just our, our, our human mind, we can miss the majesty of this thing called the Trinity. That The Trinity is just mind-boggling. And we're going to learn in a moment why it's so significant in our faith. And why was this Trinity portrayed in the book of Mark in his eyewitness account of the baptism of Jesus so early in his ministry? The Trinity, God is one. Made up in three persons who know and love each other and glorify one another. So each is fully God, yet we only believe in one God. Let's talk about one God. So the first commandment of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods. There is only one God, only one God, Deuteronomy 6:4. Here O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's one God, Yahweh, one God. Yet there's three distinct persons in the one God. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, this was a problem for the early Jewish people. And this is what caused them to stumble in accepting Jesus Christ. Because they had been indoctrinated all their lives as one God, Yahweh. One God. Don't follow the pagan gods. Don't follow the gods of the other nations. There is one true God, Jehovah Jireh. Now suddenly Jesus shows up and he says, "Hang on, I'm God." And they're like, "Now hang on, wait a minute. <laughs> We've been following Yahweh, uh, our, our one true God, and now here's Jesus. You're saying you're God? That 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 doesn't." doesn't match up doesn't make sense you you were born in Nazareth you know you're you're son of a carpenter how how can you be we we've been seeking this one true God all our lives and now Jesus is walking in the form of a man how on earth can we accept but the truth is the son didn't just show up he always was Amen. he was there from the beginning When the world was created, he has always been. He always will be. But the Jewish people couldn't understand. They could just see his humanity of Jesus. They didn't understand this thing called the Trinity. And he told the Jews uh, in Luke, John 16, verse 7, Jesus says, But truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. So, only God can leave this planet when he chooses only God can send the Holy Spirit Jesus is God but so often I think well who reports to who you know is there sort of someone who like you know is really the boss like is you know is there the colonel where does it all fit they're all equal and, and, and then I think, was well, there someone who specializes? You know, maybe you know, the father delegates all the healing uh, to the son or something, you know, and, and all the pastoral care. We give that to Marge and Graham. You know, maybe the, 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 the Trinity, they, they delegate the pastoral care. to. Uh, but, but it isn't like that in our minds. We're, we're, they're, they're equal. They're one. They're God. They, they have distinctions and order, but they're one God. One theologian said there's a distinct work. The Father initiates all things. The Son accomplishes all things. The Holy Spirit applies all things. But what's powerful is these three entities, the Trinity, they constantly point to each other. They're constantly giving to each other. They're constantly in a dance with each other where no one is the center of the circle. It's this amazing relationship where the three are constantly giving and receiving. They don't need anything else outside of their uh, three trinity to be fulfilled. They're perfect. Uh, it's perfection in this dance of constantly glorifying each other fulfilling each other, loving each other, serving each other in this thing called unconditional. It's it's mind-blowing, the power of the Trinity. It reveals who God is and helps us understand what a true relationship is. Community and unity, sorry, communion and unity equals community. And this is revealed in the Trinity. We think that God needs us, but but he is in perfect community in the Trinity. We don't complete God. The Trinity is perfection. This is really difficult for many of us to fully fathom and understand, but it's powerful because we need to understand who God is so we can made in his image to be like him. So I've asked the team to sing us a song um, in my message right now. It's called the Trinity Song. And the words are quite simple, but they're very powerful. Uh, this Trinity Song is all about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Holy Communion, three in one. And as Avi plays, I, I pray that this, this song would just, would just really resonate in your heart. I, I pray as you just listen, you can stay seated. Um, this isn't a time to declare and to, and, and, and to praise. This is a time to, to ponder, uh, to reflect, uh, to, to let the Holy Spirit um, d- do His great work of preaching and minister to you. As you read these powerful words in Scripture, just, just let God minister to you as you think about, you ponder on the Trinity. Thank you.
0: together in holy love come with your peace with your invitation bind us together
1: Beautiful, beautiful Father, three and one. Help us to understand your your Trinity, the power of the Trinity, and what it means to us today. Abba, that was beautiful. Thank you for leading us. I'll, I'll share a few more thoughts, and then we'll continue to worship God together. C.S. Lewis says this: God is not static but dynamic, a pulsating activity of life, almost a kind of drama. A dance—that's where we get that image of the Trinity dancing. So here's the point that I want to bring today about the Trinity, and this is why this is so important for us as followers of God. The Trinity reflects more about the nature of God than we think. They serve each other because of their love for each other and their goal to glorify each other now now here's the problem when it comes to you and I we usually serve for two reasons one is we benefit from it we we serve or we love because we find significance it feels good There, there is a future reward but that's not the purity of serving that's found in the Trinity the other reason we often love and serve each other is out of obligation out of duty out of compulsion or guilt. We simply can't say no. We want to please others. But again, we're falling short of the picture of the Trinity because the Trinity has a third reason to love and to serve, and that's unconditionally. For no other benefit but to glorify the other person. To to glorify means to unconditionally serve them. Not because we're getting anything out of it, But because of our love, come on church, and appreciation for who they truly are. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they are centering around each other, dancing. They are adoring each other. They are serving each other. They're glorifying each other. It's this beautiful picture of community. What about you and me today? What's our motive for serving God or serving others or loving? Is it we can fall into the carnal nature of serving or loving to get something in return or out of obligation? Or are we just loving our God for no other reason because of who he is? A God that deserves our adoration. Not, not to get anything back in return, not to gain some points. Not to impress, but just to love because He's worthy of our love. That's the Trinity. It's so powerful and it's so deep. Our goal is to serve and love out of that unconditional love. You're glorifying something when you find it beautiful for what it is in itself. And its beauty compels you to adore you, to adore it. Why does this matter? This, This is the secret of life. The Father, the Son, the Spirit are pouring out love and joy and adoration into each other forever, for eternity. They're infinitely seeking one another's glory. And so God is infinitely happy. But a self-centered person wants to be the center where everything else revolves around them. You see the difference? The dance is you're giving glory and you're honoring and you're you're not this, but a a self-centered person wants everything to orbit around themselves. I might help people, might have friends and serve at church and get married but as long as it makes me feel good about myself as long as everything orbits around me I'm okay that's not the Trinity the Trinity is this dance where we're no longer the center He is the center of everything everything we ever do Everything we ever become, our family, our our kids, our our finances, everything, our decisions, everything centers and revolves around our God. The Trinity is mutually self-giving, orbiting around each other. Aristotle said this, Such are the problems with the non-triune gods. Single-person gods have spent eternity alone and are inevitably self-centered beings. That's pretty deep right there. Hey, that may be the only time in my life that I've quoted Aristotle, and I struggled to even say the words, in, in, inevitably self-centered. The concept is that Trinity is not a single God, that everything uh, is, 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 is singular, but, but the Trinity are dancing and loving and giving to each other. So why did God create us? If, if God's perfect, if, if, if He's in perfection in this community of the Trinity, well, why? There's only one answer, Tim Keller says. He must have created us not to get joy, but to give it. He must have created us not, not, not to get joy, but to be able to give it and that's the secret of life where we find fulfillment in loving unconditionally we're invited into this relationship we're invited into this uh, dance where God becomes the center of our universe that everything we do and say revolves around Him we aren't made just to believe in God or to be religious or live a better life Or be a better person, or say a prayer, or share the gospel. We're made to center everything in our lives around God, not ourselves. Isn't that beautiful? The power of the Trinity. It's revealing His nature. God wants you to join in this dance, God wants to be in relationship. Where there's consistently ongoing, pouring out constantly giving and receiving, giving and filling, giving and loving. Father, we pray today that in this holy word of the book of Mark where you are revealed to mankind in the first Verse of the first chapter, you are God, you are God, you are God. I pray that as we study this book of Mark, we would have a greater understanding of who you are, and that would impact our lives and the way we live and the things we do. Still praying today, the reason Jesus came onto this earth was so that you can join this dance to be in relationship with a loving Father in heaven. He lived a perfect life. He died and rose again. We'll find out more of that story in Mark. Towards the end, there is a strong uh, preach on his salvation power. But today that salvation power is available to you and to me. And if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't centered your life around God, You can do that today. It's a free gift. It's available for everyone. But it starts with a decision. And if that's you today with eyes closed and heads bowed, you want God to be the center of your life. You want Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior because He is the way. He is the truth. And He is the life. Just raise your hand wherever you are. And I want to pray for you that you would be saved, that you would enter into this dance with God where you are loving and receiving constantly for eternity. If that's you, just raise your hand and say yes, yes to Him. We, we know the beauty of this dance. Some of us have um, been dancing longer than others. <laughs> Some of us may need a refresher course on the dance, but the dance is a beautiful image of this Trinity and we're involved. And I want us to pray for our family members for our prodigals, sons and daughters who don't follow Christ, that God would call them back into a relationship with Him. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray for salvation over our families, over our prodigals who have gone and walked away. We know the power of the Holy Spirit to draw people. We know the power of Jesus to forgive. We know the power of the love of the Father to relentlessly pursue. So we pray this in Jesus' Wonderful name. We're going to continue to, to dance. we are gonna do some dancing today. Not, not physical dancing. We're doing some spiritual dancing. We're going to stand and we're going to worship our God. We're going to give Him the glory that He so deserves. And I believe that He'll respond in this place. That you'll sense His presence. That you'll sense His love and His grace over your life. Thanks, guys.